So quitting just because it's hard, I just say you're a pussy and <laughs> stop. I mean, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And that's to a guy or girl. Um, I think in times of discomfort, times of turmoil, times of chaos, times of, you know, when you're, when you're under the, the thumb, if you will, you know, getting really getting the pressure applied, that's when the true character comes out. This is episode number 137 with Ray Cash Care. You're listening to American Snippets, the all-American podcast for those looking to dream bigger, live better, and make an impact. What is up, America? Welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Once again, my name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host and partner, Barbara Allen, and we have another awesome show for you today, another exceptional guest. Uh, But before we get to that, I just want to kind of acknowledge where we all are right now dealing with this coronavirus. Um, I hope you all all are safe and healthy. I hope you're staying home. I hope you're practicing social distancing. These are definitely some crazy times. Uh, I understand there's a lot of uncertainty right now. But look, with uncertainty, that also comes and brings about a lot of opportunity. There's opportunity to get closer to the ones that you love, to spend more time with your kids and your family. There's opportunity to invest in something that you've always wanted to pursue. There's opportunity to catch up on tasks that you've been pushing aside or putting off. This is a great opportunity to focus on your health and to get back into shape, to start running or go for a walk or a hike. This is a great opportunity to open up that book that you've been wanting to read, to start that podcast that you've been meaning to listen to. You get the point here, right? It's all a choice. It's all a matter of what you focus on. So you can choose to sit on your couch and watch TV all day and get caught up in the doom and gloom, or you can focus on uh, feeding your mind with positive, empowering things that are going to propel you forward in life after all of this is over. Because the sky isn't falling. It's not going to fall. We are all going to get out of it, right? Just choose to focus on the positive and choose to see this as an opportunity. So without being with that being said, I want to focus today, right now, on our guest uh, interview today, Ray Cash Care. Uh, you can call former Navy SEAL Ray Care many things, but you can't call him a quitter. Ray Cash Care learned from a young age that life isn't fair and that pain is powerful. After years of being dominated by the constant pain in his life, Ray figured out how to harness the power to propel him into a life packed with fulfillment. First as a Navy SEAL and now as a fitness expert, speaker, team builder, and personal development leader, Ray teaches individuals, audiences, and corporations how to embrace the power of pain for a self-directed purpose. Ray's been featured on the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, BBC, as well as appearing in the Hollywood blockbuster film, Captain Phillips. In this episode, Ray gets real about the difference between quitting and overcoming challenges. He shares stories of working with his goofy friend and fellow former Navy SEAL, Jason Redman, who we've had on this podcast, as well as his mentor and colleague, Bedros Koulian, who we've also featured here on the show, and why his friend Tom Hanks calls him the worst actor he's ever met. It's a wild ride in this episode, so if you're a sensitive soul, you might want to sit this one out, but I hope you tune in. Without further ado, here is Barbara Allen with Ray Cash Care. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. 
Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. I am here today with Ray Cash Care. Ray is the, we're going to get to that. Ray is the founder of Conquer, a leadership and team building program designed to push you physically, mentally, and emotionally so that you can punch through your personal barriers and achieve maximum success. Ray's become a mindset and team building expert. Conquer highlights a seven principle program that's accessible to all individuals looking to lead and change their mindset to achieve winning results. And he's going to take us through those principles in our bonus question for our members uh, of our uh, mindset group, our mastermind group. From early childhood struggles to earning a trident to years serving as a Navy SEAL, Ray honed a mindset to attack life and master his goals. You might recognize him from TV shows like The Selection on the History Channel, The Ultimate Soldier Challenge on Discovery Channel, or BBC's Ultimate Hell Week. Or maybe you spotted him with Tom Hanks in the movie Captain Phillips, where I hear on the set Tom pronounced Ray to be the worst actor he's ever seen, but (laughs) meant it as a compliment, which we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, too, because it's a fun story. So I got to meet Ray through Jason Redman, who we interviewed in episode 108. Ray also works closely with Bedros Koulian, who we interviewed in episode 126, and has worked with Max Martini way back from episode 25. So we are so stoked, Ray, to include you now in our American Snippets community. You may be trickling in among the back of the pack there, but I think it's going to be the big charge that blasts everybody out. That's what I'm calling right now. Thank you so much. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm happy to be here. This uh in the apocalypse and ever that everything that's going on. I'm I'm pumped. You know, I love yeah. the I love the intros that everybody does. Like, you know, Jason yeah. and I recently uh I, that didn't sound right. I was gonna say we recently did you, but we recently interviewed you. Sorry. <laughs> I did you both. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But no, I'm super excited. Yeah. Um honored to be on here and uh let's do it. I'm ready. Let's let's, let's do not it, waste man. any time. And like you said, this is, uh, we are in March, 2020. You are our first interview during this apocalypse here. Um, and I think if there's anybody we can interview now and whose story we can bring forward to lead people through this insane time, you and I have lived through some insane times in our country. You yeah. lived it, like really lived it, right? But nothing like this. This is a new one for- Maybe I planned this whole thing out just so I can get in your interview. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, if we're shut down to the apocalypse, we might as well interview Ray. I love um, it. So I got to ask you first, just because I'm curious, where does the cash in your name come from? Okay. So <laughs> it was, uh, it's, just, it's so stupid. Because good. Perfect. I, it, well, it's, it's not exciting. It's not sexy, but my last name is Care. And in right. the SEAL teams, I've always been Care Bear. Um, when I went on, when I, when I got out of the teams, I went on to do something else. And I showed up and the first thing they asked me was, what's your call sign? And I said, cash. And so, excuse me, I said, Care Bear. Wow. And uh, someone said, well, there's already been someone that's working for this organization that has it. So I was like, shit. Okay. Really? Care Bear was taken? Care Bear was taken actually by a woman (laughs) named Karen. So I was like, okay, you know. So I was working at the time with uh, Jeff Fink and Tom Rochoff, both two team guys. One was SEAL Team 6, one worked with me another SEAL team. And what you guys didn't know is when I got out of the SEAL teams, they put so much pressure on you to start something new. You know, you're never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. So my wife and I, you know, we had one job. We're thinking about having another. Uh, I was nervous. So I hadn't slept in a couple of days. I had to travel abroad. We'll leave it at that. And when I showed up, I had a cash shirt on. And uh, 
Tom Rochoff, who owns Trident Group now, it's a big anti-piracy company for the SEALs, he said, hey, we'll name you Cash. And for the longest time, I think it was the sleep deprivation. I was like, why the hell are you going to call me Cash? It was a running joke. And like four hours later, I like looked down and I was like, oh, and just it sunk <laughs> in. So, you know, I used to be a little more flamboyant with the Range Rovers and the toys. So that's why they call me the Cash Man. But uh, these days, uh, I'm more, I should be more of the Penny Man. But yeah, it's Cash. That's how oh. it sunk in. <laughs> See, that was a good story. Everything has a story, right? I dig that stuff. All right, we're going to go to some generals first. Then we're going to circle back to what you're doing now, where you've been, what you've done, because yeah. you're one of those people. If we went down every avenue of your life, we'd be here throughout throughout the entire apocalypse. Um, so I'm going to ask you a, qu- a question first here in terms of quitting. I want to know your take on what's the difference between quitting because it's hard and quitting something just because you realize it's like not right for you. How do you know the difference? Uh, you know, what was the first one? Because I hate to say it. Say it again. What was the first one? Quitting. The keyword. Quitting just because something's hard because you're like, oh, shit, this is harder than I thought. I can't do this. Or quitting because you just recognize it was a path that's not meant for you, that you're okay. meant to okay. do something else. Right? Okay. So I like that. So quitting just because it's hard. I just say you're a pussy and <laughs> stop. I mean, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. And that's to a guy or girl. Um, I think in times of discomfort, times of turmoil, times of chaos, times of you know, when you're, when you're under the, the thumb, if you will, you know, getting really getting the pressure applied, that's when the true character comes out. Um, and we'll get back to that quitting because something's not like, you know, you want to be a seal, let's say, and you get injured. I don't agree. I don't even think the, that would be the word quitting. I think that would just be redirecting your focus because let's face it, you know, I started with 138 people, 16 of us originally made it. Um, Jason got rolled to another class. I mean, Jason Redmond's one of my best friends. Now, when he left, you know, he got injured. He could have quit. He could have said, you know, fuck this. And he didn't. So my point is, is with that is I think there's a distinction between the two. Quitting because something's hard. People just need to nut up. Um, And I think, I think you need to be tested. You know, Jason talks about life ambushes, um, getting off the X. I talk about just, um, People are going to have impactful moments in their life, five or six. Um, they're going to be mortars that go off and st- something like buds, something like um, what we're going through right now. You're going to be tested. It's easy to quit. I mean, and let me rephrase that. I hear it's easy to quit. I've never fucking quit anything. <laughs> I, I know that sounds horrible, but no, I love it. Yeah. people just people. The, the reason why people quit things when they get when they get hard is because people aren't willing um, to see what they're really made of and or they already go into something with an alternative case in point. You know, I get questions all the time. Jason does too. It drives us nuts. Hey, Mr. Ray, I want to be a Navy SEAL. What happens if I quit? And I tell people, I don't fucking know, dude, you know, or ask somebody who quit. Yeah. So (laughs) my point to this is, is there's quitters and there's failures. You know, I'm so successful. I quit. I, I fail until I succeed. I just don't quit. I mean, if buds didn't work for me, let's say I, I, I broke my leg, I fractured my skull, like Kate Courtley. I mean, you can get rolled, but if they finally said you can't do it, I would have just said, okay, can I be a swick guy? Can I be a diver? Can I be, give me something, you know, just alternatives or, you know, contingency plans to just be the best me I can be. But the people that just throw up their hands and say, fuck this, um, I got no time for them. And I think people need to test themselves daily. It's part of my, you know, we'll talk about the conquer mindset, but if you're not uncomfortable every day, 
you're not succeeding. You're stagnant. And I can't stand people like that. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, so you talked here about impactful moments and mortars going off in your life. So let's mm-hmm. get into it here because your story, um, you know, when I dug back, mm-hmm. it comes into place, like what molded you and what make you, um, you had a major impactful moment very early, like from toddler years, right? But a big one when you were 11 years old. Yeah. And I didn't know this about you until recently. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh man, it just makes sense, right? Um, yeah. Yep. So you, my, you my father was murdered. Uh, my father was murdered yeah. when I was 11. He got into a bar fight. Um, from the stories I've heard, obviously, I was young. He kicked the shit out of a guy. My father was a good man, but he wasn't a good man. We'll leave it at that. Um, a lot of trouble. Um, and he got run over. The guy ran him over and, and killed him. So from there, I had to go live with my mother, um, who wasn't, you know, and still isn't to me. We're not big fans of each other. Um, I don't, I'm not going to talk harsh about my mother. We just... Uh, I think I remind my mother too much of my father and she's had issues with it. So, you know, I have a, I have a sister who's always been like here and then I've always been here, you know, the TV shows, the movies, it's always like, that's great. Can you help your sister out? So, you know, Barb, the one thing that I've done and the one thing I do is I've just learned how to um, conquer fear and, and pain. And how I do that is I came up with an equation and I told this to Bedros Cooley and, um, I got to speak for him in front of like 500 people. And he was like nervous, you know, because, you know, Jason went up and like all these <laughs> incredible speakers. And then I go up there and true story. I was like half drunk when I went up because of my nerves, but I went up there and, you yeah. know, Jason is a motivational speaker and people think I am and I'm not, I- I'm in the business of pain and people go, what does that mean? So I've learned how to profit from pain. So Pain equals growth, growth equals power, power equals knowledge, and knowledge equals profit. So all I do is I teach people how to profit from pain, mental, physical, emotional, social, and spiritual pain. So if you've ever been picked on, put down, uh, felt worthless, been abused mentally, physically, emotionally, socially, um, sexually, I mean, I know how to deal with all that because it's happened to me. And all I do is, is I just teach people for my fuck ups and my failures. So they don't do it. Um, and I've learned how to monetize off of it, which isn't the, the key point. It's helping people, you know, cause I define success as helping others help themselves. So I'm very successful because I help other people, um, overcome. I'll use Jason's thing, overcome and conquer their fear. I have to give Jason <laughs> I'm telling a plug. him right now. I'm, I'm just kidding. I love it. I love Jay. I got to give him this little plug. I know you guys are such a cute little couple. <laughs> I'm the man of the group though. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love that. I've heard a lot of you know, tweaks on pain. That's, that's like my area too. Um, but course, I yeah. haven't heard the like profit from pain. And I love that because I understand what it means. I think people may like, instantly be like, well, what the fuck is going to profit off of my pain and like get annoyed at that. And I think those are the people you need to dig into. Right. Because yeah, and I it's get not it. Money. I it's get not it. a monetary, right. it's not a monetary standpoint. Yeah. It's a, it's, if I can help you, that's why I tell people, you know, people, I always do a lot of these, I do coaching online and always ask people yeah. when I say success, what's the first thing that comes to mind? What do you think it is? Money. It's not money. Right. I, I tell people, if you want to be like the question I always get is right. I want to be a millionaire. I want to make a lot of money like you. Okay can help a lot of people. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's what Bedros Koulian told me. Bedros Koulian is one of my mentors because you want to be a millionaire, help a million people. Bedros Koulian helps a lot of people, but, um, and he's learned how to profit off of it. But 
it's not just from a, a monetary standpoint. He profits off of people's stories and you know the legacies that he's he's building and creating. And then what we tell people is, is like, listen, like I tell people, you're not alone. You know, people go through life and think they're the only person that's been mentally, physically, emotionally, and sexually abused. And I'm here to tell you, guys, gals, yeah. he, she, shims, whatever you are, you're not alone. And, um, we just sit down when I do my, you know, my online coaching and we just talk about it. It's like an open forum. And the only way that you're going to get these demons, you know, off your chest and out of the closet is to expose them. You know, that's why I came up with the uh, acronym attack the hill. You know, people see the hill, which from a symbolism standpoint, it's any obstacle or obstruction that's held them down, you know, beat them up in life. And they, they walk up the hill or they say, fuck this. I'm not going to even go up the hill. I say, no, head down, charge that hill, get up to the top, conquer that son of a bitch, and then walk down, you know, like you own it and then get ready for the next one. So that's what we do. And that's what I do. Yeah. So there you go. You mentioned Pedro. So I got to ask. And I remember when, when I was out there in uh, California and he mm -hmm. met with my boys and I, he asked me, he's like, have you ever met Ray Care? And I'm like, the name, I, I you're someone whose name I kept hearing like over and over and over, but I'd never like connected. Cause I'm an idiot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, at the time I was like, no, you know, <clears throat> but like, how did you wind up connecting? Talk about what you do with him, the project, which I fucking love. I think it's amazing. Okay. Um, so, so how did that all come into place? So how did I meet him? Okay. Yeah. You ready for this? <laughs> this is horrible. All right. Bring so, it. So J horrible. again, Jason and I were asked to go speak down at a thing called conclave of warriors with a gentleman. Um, named Rafa Conde, and Bedros was going to be the keynote speaker. Okay. So <clears throat> I was kind of like an opening act. You know, I was one of the smaller guys. That's all right. You know, it was kind of like my first yeah. or second really big speaking event. This is about two years ago. And uh, Bedros and I just met. And, you know, he, he's, he's a fan of SEALs and we started talking and I'm a lot, you know, and he loved it. The minute we met, I talk, you know, I don't kiss. A lot of people kiss B's ass. I don't. And he said, you know, he heard my, my story about my life and stuff. And we have a whole lot in common. I'll just leave it at that. And he said, Hey, Ray, when you're, when you're, when I'm speaking, I want you to listen to like the last five minutes of what I'm saying, because it's directly going to meet, uh, relate to you. And I said, yes, sir. Um, I do to this day. I say, yes, sir. Cause you know, he demands respect and he's got mine. So anyway, he's speaking and I'm, I'm, I'm backstage with, with Jason and I had a piss and I had just gotten back from an overseas trip and I'm like in this suit and I'm huge and it's got like American flags all over it on the inside. And when he comes off stage, I am literally pissing in a bottle like right there so and jason just ignores me because that's jason you know it's nate and he comes off and he's like dude what the fuck and i'm like what do you mean and like i just put the top on and zip up my pants and he goes you're pissing in a bottle and there's a bathroom right upstairs and i told him and this is what i think did it i said i yes sir but imagine if you would have came off the stage because when you're on stage, I've learned that you can pick people out. Like, I mean, there were hundreds of people we can see. Like, I knew exactly where he was and where Jay was because Jay gives me key tips and points. And it, when you're when you're learning how to speak, it's great to have that person. And when he got off stage, I said, imagine if you didn't see me. And he didn't say a word. He just went, huh, go wash your hands. And I said, OK. So I washed my hands. And then that night um, he said, hey, man, you want to get a drink and hang out? And I 
thought he was trying to get me in bed, but uh, instead he just wanted to talk to me about life. And we did a, we did a, a shot of tequila, you know about that, but we did some stunt men where you snort the salt, drink the tequila, rub the lemon in your eye. And then we went to this funky Michael Israel um, art gallery thing. He's the guy that like holds shit upside down, paints it real fast, flips it around and then oh, boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And after that, um, long story short, B asked me to come out and do teach some of my mindset and some of my um, physical training stuff I do to his company. I did. And I, um, and I think what sold me, sold him on me and his wife die, which I love. They're like family to me is I had their 11 year old daughter. I'm not going to say her name. I don't want to, I don't know if he does that or not, but I had her move a 200 pound log, a square log, not a round log rectangle down a hill, effilate, defilate. And then I had her move it back up and I got her the mindset when she got it down there, everybody's cheering. And I looked at her and I said, young lady, what are you cheering about? She goes, I did it. I'm like, no, ma'am, you didn't do anything. You got to do, you got to do it again. So I said, come here. And she looked at it. I said, what do you need to do? So she looked, you know, she went downhill. She just looked at me and she goes, Mr. Ray, I have to do what I just did, but do it better. Not only did she get it back up the hill, but she did it faster. And then from that moment there forth, uh, B was like, I want you on my team. Yeah. I am, I am. I am dumb, but I'm not stupid. And I said, yes, sir. And hence we came up with the project, which we're going to get into, which is a 75 hour fully immersive life altering course, um, led by obviously Bedros, Cooley and myself, Steve Eckhart, Aaron Holandrino, and then Matt Schneider. And what it is pretty much Barb is all of our fuck ups and failures that we've had in our life. All we've done is we have combined them into a 75 hour F5 tornado. It, that's what, that's what it is. It is, it's okay. like literally drinking. I tell people you're going to consume an F5 because it's destructive, but it's also probably the most therapeutic thing that men to this day can go through. We are, we're getting ready to start our fifth class in May, knock on wood, and we're changing lives. And, and that's what I love about Bedros and the rest of us are, our goal, our objective is to help. We have other courses that we do too that work with women. We can get into that later. But we are trying to make men what we call modern day knights, opening doors for ladies, you know, attacking the hill, um, being, being the person that, you know, that you're proud of. Because we work on what I always talk of are my four F-bombs, family, fitness, finance, and faith. If you can conquer those four things, and faith, I don't even want to get into religion, is the belief in yourself, believing in yourself and your capabilities, and knowing that the only limitation is you. You are going to be the most productive, effective, dominating force on the planet. And that's what I do is I surround myself. I don't know if you notice it, but I run with the best in the biz. I mean, even Jason Redman, 140 pounds soaking rain and wet. I'm kidding. He just, he's got more fight in him. I mean, shot eight times. That's what I do. I surround myself with people and I absorb knowledge from them. And we just, we ring it out on other people and we're crushing it, loving it. Um, and we're changing lives. That's it. Yeah. I mean, we got to see the facilities where that take place and just being in the room. He's like, this is what happens in this room. This is what, ha this is what happens out back. What the hell? Right. And, I, <laughs> and I'm like, man, that is awesome. And I talked to him. <clears throat> You know, I've been to events like as a military widow and mm -hmm. good hearted, kind hearted people with the hearts like all they want to do is help and all that. But 
the events that we've been to, I think, have the danger of creating like cultivating the victim mindset and creating dependency on those events. And there's nothing, you know, I was for years, I've been like, dude, we need something different. We need like to, and there are events that like take you to hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. And then you're Mm -hmm. like, sit at the fire pit and drink wine and talk about how strong you are. Right. Instead of like the hike being the beginning, right. The hike is is it. And, and so I love, I think maybe, I don't know why, if it's because like, I've been through that series and I know what it needs. Like I understand the impact of an event like yours and what it does and why it's designed the way it is and why it would be so impactful. And I think it's unique and it's, it's awesome, man. Do you guys, are you up? Cause I know like they're up 75 hours almost straight, right? Are you guys, all of you up with them or do you take shifts? Like how does that? Yeah. No, we don't take shifts because and there's a couple of things I want to yeah. hit on. We don't do shift work because if you're making a breakthrough with someone, I'll give you an example. Um, let me let me use it to something you might relate to. Deployment. Okay. I used to deploy all the time. I would come home and try to pick up exactly where I left off with my family. Guess what? If I if I deploy for six months or 60 minutes, things change. So the only way that you're going to be able to change and evolve with the individuals that are going through this, this process of pain is to be there with them. So they need to see you being vulnerable because we get tired too. We get sore too. Um, you know, we do beach PT. I'm in the water with them, shaking with them and showing them that, look, I am fucking human. Yeah. I was a Navy SEAL. Yes. I love the cold water. Yes. I'm sadistic, but (laughs) <laughs> I do it also to keep, yeah. you know, like Pedro says, and that's something that I love about him. We do everything that they do because we need to keep our edge sharp too. You know, we're all instruments of what I like to say, um, progression, because there's no such thing as perfection, but we're always progressing. So I'm, co- we're constantly sharpening that stone. Now you, you used a word that I'm, I love and it's impactful. So Uh, Let me tell you why the project is so much different than a lot of these other courses out there. One, it's not an impressive course like, oh, it's been put on by, you know, a mastermind builder, a guy worth hundreds of millions of dollars and a Navy SEAL. It's impactful. And my difference, I'm going to give you my, my symbolism of impactful. So have you ever seen these beautiful little light shows at night? They're called comets that come in and they burn up in the sky, right? They're, they burn up. It's impressive. It's pretty. You'll see it and they burn up. And what is a meteor? So we're going to get into a meteor. A meteor is an is a op, uh, object from space that comes down and usually it burns up, right? And that's where we get the impressive little light show. But every now and then, this massive hunk of object comes screaming down from, from you know, the outer space and the atmosphere can't even burn it up and it hits the ground, boom! And it leaves this huge impact, this hole that's there forever. And that's what we're kind of doing. And I, that's what I told B and what we're doing with the project is we are a bunch of meteors and we're creating meteors that wherever they go, nothing can burn them up. And that's what's so different about the project is, is when you graduate the project, that's when you actually start. A lot of these courses that people put on, and I don't want to name names, yeah. but they take your money, they put you through this thing, they give you a piece of paper, here's your certificate, hey, you were trained by an SF guy, a SEAL guy, whatever it is, buy. No, we have a private Facebook page where you have to call in every fucking Friday and we want to hear about your four F-bombs. People get injured or hurt or family members die. We're on a plane going there. It is a brotherhood. And That's awesome. Uh, yeah, just like the SEAL teams. Literally, it's a fraternal order 
of brothers. All I did was just take what I learned from the SEALs and I added it to Bedros's mastermind training, Aaron's MMA fighting, Steve Eckhart's emotional discipline and, and boxing skills. And then, you know, Matt, uh, Matt Schneider and I do a bunch of CQC kill house work, close quarters combat, teaching people how to enter rooms, not only for to be cool, but hey, let's teach you how to protect against home invasion because when you're home or teach your wife. So it's, it's a process that's constantly growing like the universe and we love it. Yeah. I'm so passionate about it. I love it. I know I can see that. And I I love it too. Um, I know uh, it's just, it's crazy. It's good. And I think uh, had you guys come into the world of the widows and shook that up years ago, it would have been different for a lot of us, you know, 10 years ago. Um, You know, to have that mindset. So I just have a, a greater appreciation for it, maybe, than someone, you know, who hasn't yeah. walked that version of a walk. Okay. Um, so you, where should we go next? Where well, should we go? There's so many questions. You um, have a lot of questions. Let's talk yeah. about the ladies, because this is what I get a lot of. Real quick, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm a talker. You can edit whatever you want out. Um, we do run tailored courses for women only. Yeah. We just don't labeled as the project. We have another company called LTD, Leadership Team Development, where Steve Eckhart and I go to companies, corporations, um, or groups, and we can focus kind of doing the same thing, but it's not as physical. We can do whatever. It's customizable. We just uh, taught a, we did a 2.5 hour uh, beach PT with a, uh, a crew called HPLT, High Performance Lifestyle Training. They're savages. They're savages. They had David Goggins trained them. Everybody oh, knows Jesus. Everybody loves Dave, <laughs> yeah. right? Then they yeah. had then they had Matt Frazier, who's the world champion in CrossFit. And then they had Steve and I. And I'll tell you oh what, God. you can reach out to them. We beat the living fudge out of them because we took them. You know, you know what you're getting with Goggins. I love Dave. You're getting calisthenics with Frazier. You know what you're getting with me and Steve. You never know what you're getting. You're getting logs yeah, and tigers and bears. Yeah, and we <laughs> they loved it. Now. We also, it was a three-day event. We don't just show up to our portion and leave. We ended up doing a HIT training the next exercise the next day. I showed up there with some of the best CrossFitter HIT guys in the planet. I'm like almost vomiting, but I told them, did Goggins do this? And I love Dave. No. Did Frazier? No. So my point is, is I want to show them how it's the only way you're going to grow is being learning how to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm great at beach PT and moving heavy shit. But, you know, airdines and rowing and all this crazy shit. I, I did it. I was sweating like I like I stole it, but they loved it. <laughs> and you develop relationships. And we're hopefully going to go back up there in New York. And some of the baddest crew, which I'm getting to, were the gals. There were like three or four gals that, I mean, holy fuck, were they tough. I mean, I killed them on the beach. But then, you know, they were like, oh, I want to train with you, Ray. And they, you know, like some world-class athletes on the airdyne. I'm just like, and but I won't quit. And that's what we go back. I won't quit. I will not yeah. quit. So they loved it. So, all right, I'll shut up. Let's move on. No, 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 that's okay. Um, I'll, I'm working on something for women too. I'll go uh, into that um, yeah, I know. later because I want your take on it. Um, but okay. So speaking of women, Uh-oh. you are married to, yeah. a, I saw her just on your you know social media, man. She <clears throat> looks like she could kick your ass, man. Like, <laughs> And she's beautiful. So, you know, yeah, some women just just check all the boxes, right? How did you guys 
How did you guys meet? Let's go there. I love the stories of how you met, how people meet. Okay. And so. you've had some good ones so far, so I can't wait. Bedros, yeah. you were pissing. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, this this was more – I went um, – her name's Trisha. Um, yeah. She's love of my life. She's she's a fucking savage. She's a New York girl. Um, yeah. 100, 105 pounds and just solid muscle. I love her. Mm-hmm. But – um. We met, if you're familiar with anything in Virginia Beach, there's a few bars. And we met, now, for the listeners listening, we didn't meet on a Wednesday night, so relax. But we met at a bar called Hot Tuna on a Monday night in the wintertime when football was on. And true story, I went there with a buddy of mine named Dave Broderick, another team guy, huge. We called him Bigfoot. And a friend of mine named Sylvia, not that, it, but who was like a, a, a little small Asian girl. So Trish is there with her friend. And, you know, at the time she's having a drink and I kind of look around the bar. It's, it's not crowded. And her and I just did this and she did this slow. I call it my look, this slow blink and kept moving. And Barb, I'm telling you this right now. And I mean, this with all due respect. I can sell a condom to the to the Pope. I could talk to anybody. And I couldn't talk to her. I was like, I, I, and my buddy Dave, you know, he's, he's balding, size 16 foot. He's heinous. I love him. But I'm like, fuck, I want to talk to this girl. And he's like, go up and talk to her, you pussy. So like after about 30 minutes of me looking at her, her looking at me, Dave is like six foot five. He's facing me and we're talking. And I'll never forget it. He had this. He's a, like a professional kayaker. I see this little hand pull on his, in his white. He had a white um, sweatshirt on. And she's reading. He turns around real quick. And I had been drinking. And I'm like. She's like, hey, how you doing to him? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I've been looking at you all night long. And she just leans over and she only comes up to about his belly button because he's so big. And she goes, well, you didn't have the guts to talk to me. So I thought I'd approach this. So I just get the hell out of my way, Dave. And uh, I we started talking immediately. It was a little loud there. We went across the street, had a little tapas place um, that was real, um, you know, more intimate. We talked. She gave me her number and the cool points went out the door. She said, Hey, I got to get home. I called her like 20 minutes later to make sure she got home, asked her if she'd have coffee with me the next day. And uh, yeah, I'm, she's stuck with my ass now. (laughs) That's good. I love those stories. Aren't they fun to go back and talk about? Oh yeah, man. I mean, we have a blast. It's funny because with everything going on right now, it's like, she hates me because I'm a pain in the ass. I drive her crazy. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> but you know, our life a lot where people don't understand, but I've been deployed most of my marriage. So when I'm home, we're on top of each other. She wants to fucking kill me. But and we're yeah. weird because, like, you know, if I ever start, you know, if something happens more permanent with Bedros, I'm eventually going to move out to California. And people are like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean your wife's not going to go? I'm not going to uproot my wife from her beautiful home, my daughter from her great school. Well, now who cares, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, and um, and we're absolutely fine with that. Our relationship is so strong, you know. I mean, believe me, I need to come and see her here and there and make sure everything's good with you know our little quality time. But we're <laughs> we're so strong, and she's so independent, and that's why I love her so much. But she is just like I said, a fucking savage. I mean, she motivates the hell out of me every day. So, and when I get down. It's funny because she'll be like, you're supposed to be this. I can't believe I'm telling you this. She sent me this yesterday. She goes, you know, you're worried about the end of the world. You're getting down on yourself. She goes, aren't you the fucking motivational speaker? And I'm like, 
okay, I'm back, you know? <laughs> so she's my reality check and I love her. Yeah. So big shout out to Trisha Ann Care. Woo-woo. Yay, Trisha, New York girl. That explains Boom. a lot. You know, we, from, we're, from t- the- we're tough here in New York. We don't take any shit. Yeah, she's a she's a beast, man. She actually grew up in Bensonhurst. That's where they filmed Goodfellas. Okay. So yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do no harm, but take no shit. Is the yep. good. Is, <laughs> she's mean as a snake. <laughs> That's good, though. I mean, it's important to have someone right in any partnership, whether in work or in personal life. You got to have a partner that can play off of your strengths and weaknesses and knows how to navigate and like draw all of that out for. A positive purpose, right? Or you're just gonna, you're I, just gonna tank. I always tell you know you because you got a very huge you know your podcast is awesome. I always say <laughs> you want to get the real story on a Jason Redman or a Ray Cash Care or a Marcus Luttrell. Talk to the wife. Interview the wife because yeah, it's my outlook on how awesome I am yeah. and her outlook on how awesome I'm not is it, it's so much fun, you know. So. You're saying if I pinged up your wife and Jason Redmond's wife, maybe I could get them to do a joint podcast behind the scenes. Oh, they do it. I, you, I have nothing to hide. Listen, I, Jason uh, and I will tell I'm not you. thinking you have anything to hide. I'm just thinking that would be a banging good time, A. Eh? And, you know. Being married to a seal is like yeah. the most awesome thing a woman can ever have for herself. Oh. <laughs> I can already hear my friends like throwing up in the in their oh, yeah. oh, heads, yeah. you know, my, um, you know, my seal wife friends. Okay. So that's all good shit. What is the last thing that you just sucked ass at that you like failed at until you just had to go back at it harder? You know, like the last face plant you had. Ooh, like with work or with life? Whatever. Wow. Last time you just walked out there and smacked that face right into the pavement. Um, as funny as this is going to sound, um, when I stopped doing the work I was doing and started working for Bedros, um, I am not a computer guy. And for like the first three weeks, three weeks straight, I was calling him, his assistant, his whole team. And finally he called me and was like, dude, listen, you fucking suck at this, but here's, this is me. He goes, (laughs) but here's the good thing. Here's the good news. You can't get any worse. So, um, and I'm serious, but what, what you had to do computer work for him? Computer work. Yeah. I do a lot of like, you know, I'm selling things and helping and meeting people and creating documents and this and I'm just not a computer guy. I'm the go out. Hi, I'm Ray, Ray care. Nice to meet you. Um, even though that was my left hand, sorry. And I wasn't going to say anything, but (laughs) I just was so uncomfortable. And what you need to understand is since 1992 until about six months ago, doesn't matter what I was doing, but everything was related with the Navy and SEAL teams and the same type of work. So for all those years, um, you know, I was doing one thing and now I'm in fitness and motivation. And even though, like B says, you're really fucking good at it, you're just really, I'm really raw. I don't have the, the computer, the logistical skills. So it literally was B yelling at me going, okay, you're going to watch YouTube for two hours a day. And literally as, as busy as he is, he gave me like these, okay, you're going to learn how to do this, this, and this. I didn't know what the fuck Google Drive was. I'm like, what the fuck is Google Drive? I don't know. He kept going, go to your drive. And I'm like, I don't understand what you mean. And so, but I wouldn't quit, you know, and I drove them crazy to the point where, you know, I've gone out to California. They've sat down with me and now I'm getting better. And B will tell you, you still suck but you don't suck as bad. So that's probably the most uncomfortable thing I've, yeah. I've had to deal with. And people go, that's crazy. 
my point is, is, you know, carrying a gun and kicking indoors and getting blown up and getting shot at and getting stabbed. It's amazing what the mind and the body will get used to because you're good at it versus a little bit of this, you know, Jason works with me too, just because Jason's got it all. Um, yeah. It's just like, holy shit. So it was that it was probably getting into the regular world um, transition. It took me since pretty much 1992 till six months ago to learn how to transition out of the military. So it's been a hard, it's been a hard phase out for me because I, I didn't want to let it go. Yeah, it's hard, right? You have that purpose <laughs> that you know, you know what that purpose is, you know what that mission is. And you know, you got your pack, you know, your buddies around you that you know you can depend on. And then you yep. go back into the civilian world. Nobody really gives a shit in turn. And I say that, you know, not to be a jerk or whatever, but you know, everybody's busy doing their own thing and nobody can relate. And the world has been going on without you and you've been doing all this intense stuff. And then you come home and you're just plopped right into it. And you got to learn to roll, like think on your feet again in a whole different arena. It's tough. And I've yeah. learned, and I hate to dig on regular civilians, but regular civilians just like, they, they try to find the easy way for everything. You know, like when I had a, my job interview with me, um, you know, it was like, it was supposed to be at four o'clock. I'm standing tall at like three. He's like, yeah. bro, our interview is not for another hour. I'm like, yeah, I know. But if I'm not and, early, I'm late. And, right. And that's, that's, that's <laughs> one of the, the key factors yeah. that we teach. You know, if you're, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, mm -hmm. you're late. And if you're late, bye motherfucker. Cause you, you don't want to be here. I mean, yep. and I knew you'd be early today when I popped Oh yeah. Up. I'm always, I early. was like, this fucker is going to be here early. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be ready for him. Right. And you <laughs> have to, you <laughs> yeah. have to, you gotta, you just got to. Yeah. That's how I, I'm kind of built that way too. All right. I love what you just said about Pedro saying you suck at this, but then turning it around into, you can have somebody say you suck at it, but that doesn't mean they're going to give up on you. Right. It's all mindset. It's attitude. If they see that you're willing to work, you can suck at something, but no one's going to waste their time as someone who sucks at something and gives up or doesn't care. They're going to see someone who sucks at something and is busting <laughs> their ass to get better. And they're going to want to work with that person. I agree. Right? You know, uh, and, and it's being all part about, you know, team. So that's yeah. one of the things that I teach and team isn't together. Everyone accomplishes more. That's not true. Cause if you put a, a group of idiots in a room, you're just going to get a, a bigger idiot result, but it's yeah. team is trust, effort, attitude, and mission. And Bedros told me flat out, the reason why I hired you is because you have, you give more effort and you have the best attitude I've ever met. And I was like, what does that mean? He goes, I can teach you. And that's what he does. He's teaching me how to be a seven figure mastermind yeah. guy. But he goes, but what I can't teach you is how to show up, how to give a hundred percent, how to be the best version of you. Cause like, you know, like I close deals. I close deals because I show up and I'm like, I'm passionate about stuff. And people, I think today, the one great thing that civilians do have that I'm learning is they know when someone's talking shit or, you know, when it's bullshit. Yeah. So when I talk about like the project or LTD or like my coaching, I'm so passionate. Literally people are like, oh my God, you talk so much. Shut up. Take my money. I'll leave you alone. But it's because <laughs> yeah. I have a lifetime that I want to condense into this, you know, because you only have a couple minutes to... Right. make an impression, sell whatever it is you're going to do. So my thing is, is I just come out of the gate hard as fuck and tell people how it is. I don't pull punches. And that's what right. listeners have to know about me. You either love me or you hate me. I don't grow on people. Like my right. wife was like, wow, you're a lot. I'm like, just, I know, but balls, <laughs> balls to the wall, man. And that's you're how you have to taste. 
But yeah. you know what? Like I said, like I said, yeah. I tell people every you don't know how much time you have. All I, I know, know is we have 24 hours today. You could die right now. So did you get up, attack your four F bombs, and are you leaving a legacy? Did you get up like you won the lottery? Did you? Because most people get up like, fuck, we're dealing with the corona, this, this, or excuse me, the Rona now, and they don't want to get out of bed. No, get up yeah. even earlier, kick more ass, read a book, spend time with your family. And just do good shit. You know, people yell at me because me and my family are walking around. There's nobody out on the streets. Right. We, walk, we do a two-mile run every day with the dog. We have time to do things. What we're doing is just going back. This coronavirus is setting us back to when you and I were kids. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to pull the horseshoes and lawn darts out and start throwing lawn darts up in the air like we used to. I mean, I, I know. We've played board games. We've done shit we haven't done in forever. I love it. You know. When I wake, and we all have like our different, you've said, everybody has their own battle, right? And <laughs> I have my specific battles and I, I identify them clearly and I know what they are and, and I have my tactics for each one. One of my tactics for one of my battles, literally every day I wake up, whether it's with the alarm or before the alarm, I used to like wake up and instantly everything I had to do that day, all my problems, everything would just like, that would be the first thing, you know, to him. Literally now I wake up and the first thing I do or say is I thank you. Those are the first two things that come out of my mouth, my brain, push Mm -hmm. everything back. And I start every day. The first thought I have is thank you. And then I list the things like thankful for this day, thankful for this opportunity. And that is how I put it. It doesn't matter what the hell is going on around me. I like have forced myself, I trained myself to wake up. Isn't it amazing? Like when, when you start the day with that approach, that pitch, something so stupid, so little costs no money. Right. Um, But that's what I do, which is why I love what you do. But back to Pedro saying, um, you know, you suck at this, but you're going to get better. I promise <laughs> like people would get that. into the get into the Tom Hanks story because it seems like you've had two very successful, influential, yeah. you know, good men give you these backhanded compliments. And Tom Hanks, I love the story that you told um, on somebody else's podcast uh, about, uh, you know, Tom Hanks saying, you know, you're the worst actor yeah. <laughs> that I've come across. Tell that story. Cause I think it's a me. I think it talk- speaks a lot about you and about him. All right. Um, fuck you, Tom Hanks. No, I'm kidding. I love Tom. <laughs> um, no, what had happened is yeah. when we had did done the show, <laughs> there was actually a gentleman by the name of Hugh Middleton who had the role that I slipped into. Um, you know, Max was out there, Max Martini, good friend of ours, him and Max are very good friends to this day, but this guy was a, Blue Squadron, Lieutenant Commander. So he was a savage, big guy. And what had happened was, is how this happened is there was a ferry coming out that was bringing people out. And what had happened was he was on the next ferry and like the ferry broke down and they needed to get this scene. So Dana Brunetti and I knew each other kind of, we had a lot of similarities, Range Rovers, old trucks, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, hey, I want to try something. I said, okay. So Tom and I, you know, we did this real quick skit with everything. And Tom was awesome. And, you know, th- as things are going, you know, um, Hugh got another part. But every time that Paul Greengrass would give me like a line, like to, I'd be like, hi, I'm Ray Cash Care, former, <laughs> you know, and it just sucked. So finally, like, you know, Tom and I are doing the scene and we're like, I mean, here's Tom's face and I'm right here. And he just looks at me and he goes, God, you were the worst actor I've ever met in my life. He goes, but you are the best you I've ever met. And I went to him and I was like, what does that mean? He goes, stop trying to act and just start being you. Because what I've learned is, is Tom has a script and he covers the key points, but he, he ad libs what he wants. He's like a Jackie Gleason. 
So in that movie, I just started being me. I mean, they cut a lot of shit out, obviously. That's what they do. But when I did that, Tom was like, you are the most authentic, genuine person I've ever met. I mean, he was at my house. Trish met him. He's a great guy. He goes, but stop trying to be something you're not. He goes, bro, you're, you're not going to be an actor growing up as you go on being able to read scripts unless you get some professional help. And at first I was kind of like, I did, I wanted to say like, fuck you. But then all of a sudden I'm thinking like, wow, this is one of the greatest actors in today's history telling me that just be me. And that's, I've kind of taken that advice from Tom, Mr. Hanks, and I've applied <laughs> it to everything I do with my mindset. And the, I think the moral of the story was, is stop trying to be something you're not and just be the best version of you you can be. And I mean, I loved it. And that's the same thing. Like B has said the same thing. You're not, and that's what I tell people. I'm never going to be Bedros Cooley and I'm never going to be right. Tom Hanks. But well, I'll tell you what I'm going to be, the best version of me I can be. And the success train, I'm on the train right now, you know, and it's, hey, get on, get out of the way or get run the fuck over. And that's what I, I got out of that. The, the, the story that Tom was teaching me, the story or the lesson that B was teaching me is it's not about what you do. It's how you do it. It's about having morals. It's about being genuine to you. Um, because Tom told me flat out, he goes, bro, if I would have wanted a professional actor, I could have got any actor I wanted to do your part. He sure, wanted yeah. seals. And he goes, I just want you to be you. Case in point, when we did this one scene, Tom wanted me to do a, you know, like he goes, Hey, Ray, what would you do here? And what would you do here? And I'm like all nervous. And I said, this true story. I said, well, Tom, I would do this, this, and this. He goes, then just do it. You lead, I'll follow. So, you know, they cut it all out, but like, you know, obviously I was checking his limbs for, for bullet holes and stuff. This, and that's when you saw Captain Phillips, Captain Phillips, are you okay? That's all I got. But when it was <laughs> over with, when it was over with, Tom was like, what did you think? I said, pretty fucking intimidated. He looked at me. And he looked around real quick and he, Tom's always eating. He's always eating something. I don't know if you, he, I call him tapeworm, but he leaned into me and he goes, how do you think I feel going one-on-one with you? And I was like, holy shit, Tom Hanks is intimidated by me. That's fun. And it's your presence. So my point is, yeah. is you can be a dominating um, force, just be you. And that's what I got out of that. So much love and respect to Tom and Bedros. Um, because they are, they were huge and they still are mentors in my life. Those are not bad mentors to have. No, right? they're not. Like, I mean, what a difference. What are like, well, I don't know who what you surround yourself with is freaking everything, your network, people, you know, it's just, it's everything. And true think, story. Yeah. When I met Tom Hanks, um, we're on Dana Bernetti, who was the producer, him and Kevin Spacey said, Hey, I want to try something real quick. Right. And I said, okay, this is how I met Tom Hanks. Swear to God. There's this big crowd of people. He goes, come with me. And as I walk through, I swear to God, Tom is eating something and he's in his captain, you know, Captain Phillips outfit with the blood yeah. and everything. He goes, Ray, I want you to meet Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, this is Ray. He goes, hey, I'm Tom Hanks. I looked at him and went, no fucking shit. That's how I met Tom <laughs> Hanks. And he just started laughing. Yeah. Um, I've actually got a picture of us laughing. I tell him jokes all the time, but what a great dude, you know, um, down to That's earth cool. and always gave pointers. That's what I've known, noticed the most influential people are grateful, not greedy, and they will always help others out that they see or that have that same hunger. So that's yeah. what I do. That's what I'm doing now. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Talk about, um, before we are completely out of time, I want to talk about some charities you work with oh, and yeah. why, why you work with them. I know Danny D's Memorial Fund is one. 
Um, you want to talk about that one? You want to talk about other things that you do and, and why you? Um, Danny, Danny Dietz is the, the main one that I do just because I was so close with Danny. But I mean, I also do, and I wish I could remember, I'm trying to find the name of it. My wife's mother died of breast cancer. I know that's not a, um, a military, um, doesn't matter. It's a but human do, thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a human thing. We do a lot with that. And I'm trying to find the one name we do. We're doing so many good things out there right now. Um, we do, we do things for the twin tap for the towers still. Anything first responder related, I'm always doing stuff with. Um, Jason and I are always doing things. And how I give back is whenever I do a trip, I speak all over the country. I will stop into a local uh, police station, fire department, school, and just say, hey, do you guys want me to give a quick speech? And they're like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah, I'll just do it for free. Um, but the Danny Dietz Foundation, breast cancer, um, I'm, I'm starting to help be doing a lot of stuff with the Shriners. Um, but anything that is, uh, you know, first responder related, I know that sounds like a cliche, but I just donate, you know, we donate money, we donate time. We just donated, uh, you know, I'm doing, uh, my shirts right now. I'm trying to find. We yeah. Just, the Steven Siller. Steven Siller. I, I think, I think we just raise, it's not much. I mean, it's a couple hundred bucks cause I'm small, but you know, obviously I'm going to do that. I'd love to meet that whole crew, um, eventually. Um, but that's what I'm going to start focusing on right now is, is, is that charity. But I'm try, I try to look for the really small charities that are just coming out of the gate. Yeah. You know, Steven Stiller, they're huge. They're huge. Know, they're huge. And my contribution, even though I know it's small, they'll still appreciate it. Um, but you name it. If you have any charities, I mean, I'm all about it. I, my goal is, is I don't want to just give to one charity. I want to give to as many fucking awesome charities as I Love can. It. And just contribute to do my part. But I am, if it's military or first responders. You're in. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I don't care. <laughs> That's all I care about. I know it's all, and breast cancer. I'm sorry. I got to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right. Um, what's something that you, like, you really like to talk about or something you like to do, but nobody ever really asks you about, or nobody really asks you to do? Hmm. Um... You know, people never ask me, I know it sounds crazy, like hobbies or things that, yeah. you know, like on a more personal note, like what I like to do when the cameras are off and all that stuff. Right. And it's funny because I don't want to do like, I'm always on the go. Um, I like, I like taking walks with my family. Um, I like, I like competing with my wife in the gym and um, I know people are going to laugh. We like watching reruns of shows together. Um yeah friends and everybody loves Raymond. And now the big thing is, is we try to watch the animal planet. I just, when I'm not being, you know, me, I just want to be with the ones I love. And I want to just kind of hang up the intensity hat and relax. But the problem with me is, is it's still really hard. I still to this day can't sit and watch a whole movie without getting up. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. But as I get older, I think um, the one thing I wish people would ask me more is what brings you joy you know, because people don't ask that. They're always just like, you know, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. What yeah. makes you happy? Um, getting up every day, being able to spend time with my sons in, in Seattle, but my son, my daughter, and my wife, and my dog, and my cat. That's my entire universe right now. That's especially in times that we're in right now. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's what brings brings me pleasure, makes me happy, and actually will make me do this. Ready? <laughs> oh, 
my God. He just smiled. (laughs) Yeah. When I talk about them, I do smile. Otherwise. You do. When I asked you about your wife, you know, you lit up. Before we started this, when you talk about your daughter, (laughs) you lit up. And that's, I love seeing that come out in people. Like it's not hard to tell what people truly center themselves on. Just watch them, you know, and you can feel that, which is cool. I think that's what, no matter how big you are, no matter, that's one thing I had to learn too about interviewing people even like like Pedro's I was a little scared shitless to interview him and scared more to like walk into his gym right but you know then he starts talking about he's going to go take his son on a hike and he has oh, date yeah. night that's right but everybody when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter who you are you have family that you love the people you love and you know we're in the apocalypse right now right like everybody is locked down with their yeah. families and rediscovering the upsides and downsides of being with their families we're talking about reconnecting with old things we used to do, but the people who are away from their families, whose kids are like the other side of the country or others, you realize how you're realizing it's all about the people, right? You're realizing, wow, I didn't know you're learning things about people that maybe were right under your nose and you just missed the whole time because you're so busy or you discover, oh my God, I'm so happy. I don't have to deal with that person anymore. Right. (laughs) Like it's, it's going to be so interesting, right. To see how, how we come out of this and how relationships have shifted I think, well gonna, I think we're going to come out stronger I, yeah. I, in the long run. I think economically, financially, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kick us in the balls. But as far as the foundations of what this country was built on, which is, you know, belief, family, uh, just, you know, united, united we stand, divided we fall. Um, yep. I, I think uh, we're not going to fall. United we stand. We're going to be, you know, I always say now, united we stand, together we conquer. Um, we're going to kick this thing right in the fucking ass. And when we do, we're going to be a stronger, we're going to be a stronger planet for it. Um, yeah. But it's going to take time, just like anything else, you know, that when a brush fire wipes everything out, eventually things regrow. And that's what's going to happen. We're going to grow back fuller, lusher, um, and we're going to be ready to kick ass. That's, that's what I believe this, not just America, this whole entire planet is, was put here for is just to kick ass. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I believe in that fully. All right. One question I absolutely have to ask, you know, yep. American snippets. We talk about the American dream. That's why we're doing what we're doing, because we don't think the American dream is dead, especially now. I don't think it's dead. I think it's changed. I think it might get harder. Some people are going to come out of this making more money. Some people are going to come out wiped out, have to start all over. But this is the time to center on that American dream, because no matter what's happening, there are still unlimited possibilities in this country. It's so cool what can be done. Even now, there's people tapping into opportunities that never existed for them two weeks ago, right? They're taking advantage of things uh, that haven't. But I think the resistance to the concept, when we say American dream, people are like, oh, fuck that shit. It's dead, you know, but that's because their, their instinct is that they think it has to be the same for everybody. They think there's one definition of the American dream that's supposed to fit everyone and it doesn't. So that's why I want to ask you what your version, what is your definition, your vision, your, your version of the American dream? What does it mean to you? You know, the, the American dream to me is just one, it starts from the time you wake up, getting up, being grateful, not greedy. It, it means uh, believing in something greater than yourself. Uh, you know, I, I believe that everything I do is for a greater good. I don't care really who you believe in, who you, who you're religious, whatever that is. I believe Jason and I are both Christians. Um, I believe that we were put on this earth to leave a legacy, to reproduce, um, to, to provide, um, to god that's that's so hard that's such a hard question because i see it in my mind um and 
my American dream is, you know, the flags right here. I bleed red, white, and blue. Um, I believe that everything happens for a reason. Um, and I am just, you know, my American dream has already come true because I've already been born and I'm already here. Um, so my American dream is just to keep fighting, um, give a hundred percent till the day you die, leave a legacy. And hopefully, um, the education and the teachings that you've learned, you've passed on to the next generation, because, you know, I'm going to keep, I'm hoping that the care legacy move carries on, you know, with my son, with my daughter, with their kids, with my grandkids, you know, hopefully I'm going to, I want to, I want my American dreams. I want to live to I'm 150 years old and be the best version of me I can be. Um, because I don't want to miss anything. You know, I love how things change sometimes not so much for the good. Um, my American dream is I'm just, I'm living it. I mean, coronavirus or not, you know, I'm alive. So if you're alive, if you can breathe, then you are the American dream. You are, um, we're so fortunate. We're in the best. I've been everywhere in this fucking planet. And just believe me, I've been in some hell holes with Jason. Um, people don't know how good they have it. Um, so, Ladies and gentlemen, you are living the American dream. I am. I'm so grateful to this nation for what it's provided for me. Um, I've bled for this nation and I, I'll do it again. No questions asked. That was fun. That was a good so, one. I no, I, I love it. I love it. No, but you know what? I love it. Some people like, well, the American dream is this, but I love when people really get into that I, question I, and that answer because it's why we're doing what we do, right? So when we yeah. see somebody get into that, into that so much, it's like, you know more validation for why we're doing this because it matters. I think it matters. Uh, all right. If people want to find you, connect with you, yeah. learn about your coaching, yeah. hire um, you to come speak, all I that like jazz. It. So first and foremost, go to www.frogmindset.com. You can find my apparel, my coaching, everything on there. If not, hit me up on Instagram, Ray Cash Care. That's me. Uh, and then you can hit me up on my, I have a personal, but my, my blue check Facebook is Ray cash care, former Navy seal. And then I'm on LinkedIn cash care. So you can hit me up on all those things. I answer every email, DM, sorry, every email, every message that you send me, as long as it's in a constructive nature. I like that uh, tagline there. The ridiculous spam you get is just dumb. All right, man. Thank you so much. This has been fun. It's like, Riding a wild horse, you know, not getting booked off yet. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of American Snippets. Thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, I'd like to thank our guest, Ray Cash Care, for being here and sharing his story. If you got any value out of today's episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Make sure you share this episode with a friend. Tell a friend what we're doing here. Share the podcast. Share one of your favorite episodes on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you follow us on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at American Snippets. Don't forget to visit our website, americansnippets.com. Check out the full featured article of the week. Uh, we do a featured piece on all of our guests each and every week. So I encourage you to read that. Barb does an amazing job. You can watch the full video interview in its entirety there, uh, as well as we uh, throw in some social media links uh, so you can follow Ray Cash Care on social media as well. And finally, I want to invite you to join our Facebook group. It's called the Great American Syndicate. It's for freedom-loving, 
driven, patriotic Americans who want to double down on the American dream and pursue more out of life. We would love to have you part of our community. It's free to join. All you have to do is go to facebook.com forward slash American Snippets. Look for the little blue button uh, that says visit the group, visit the group and join, and you'll be a part of our community. So we look forward to having you. Uh, And that pretty much wraps it up. So we appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you truly are.